0: everyone welcome back to the all-inclusive podcast as we near the conclusion of 2023 i'm thrilled to present the final episode of the podcast for this remarkable year this year has been an incredible journey filled with valuable insights, engaging conversations and shared learnings. And we're wrapping up the year with yet another great conversation. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of being joined by Dylan Opetits, who serves as the EMEA Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Lead at Worldwide Technology. WWT is a robust and privately held global technology service provider with a rich history of over 30 years dedicated to helping the world's largest and most innovative organizations redefine their approach to technology and leverage it to propel their businesses forward. Our conversation delves into Dylan's path to leadership in diversity, equity, and inclusion, the influential role of storytelling and the groundbreaking community impact project undertaken by WWT. As always, before jumping into the video, make sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on your notification bell and follow on your favourite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. That being said, let's jump in. Hi, Dylan.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: Great. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: No, thanks for having me. Um, I'm very much looking forward to this discussion.
0: Mm, me too. So let's kick things off. Tell our listeners a little bit more about you and how you became involved in DEI leadership.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Dylan. Uh, I was born and raised in France. I moved here um, 12 years ago. So I was pretty much 18 on my own as a au pair. <laughs> um, and then from, that, from there, I uh, very quickly become um, a member of the tech world um been in tech for um eight years um and worldwide for four um i it really came naturally to me um uh, the dni space i think based on my family the dynamic um where i come from um but also i think george floyd was a bit of a work of call for for me at least um and i just wanted to raise my voice and be part of the change and i just jumped in, I wrote an essay um, and I was like, this is, I need to share my feelings. <laughs> um, and yeah, this is how it all started.
0: Oh, fantastic. So um, how has your personal experiences impacted the way that you approach diversity, equity, inclusion at the organization that you're currently working with at the moment?
1: Um, so um, just to touch on a few, few anecdotes for you. Um, so my older sisters is Vietnamese. My younger sister is, is white with blue eyes, oh, wow. so we all have different experiences through life, but yet we are coming together. And stuff my mom used to do, she used to make um, different dishes from a different background throughout the week, um, and I think this is how I really very quickly understood, you know, what inclusivity was and the richness of diverse environment. Um, I remember my grandma. I used to I grew up in a cancer estate with a lot of tower blocks. And my grandma used to, you know, go downstairs to the playground at 4 p.m. And a lot of kids were there, like, playing around. And she was that grandma who brings sweets and cakes for everyone. And we used to queue. And at the beginning, I was like, I don't want to queue. I'm your grandson. I'm not queuing for cakes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: and she made me queue, um, like, any other child that was, that was there. And that really, you know, told me actually, that is the way to go. We're all equals. Um, doesn't matter if that's my grandma or not. We, I'm queuing for my cake with my friend behind me and in front, of, in front of me. Um, so that's how I approach it. I tend to drive that and, and keep myself remind myself that, you know, this is where I come from and that helped me drive these amazing initiatives and meaningful actions really.
0: Oh, fantastic. And so Let's delve a little bit deeper. So we've talked about like your personal experiences, how it impacts it. So what initiatives has your organization or, or have you've also implemented um, to promote diversity, equity, inclusion?
1: Yeah, so we focus on three um, outcomes areas. So workforce, um, business and communities and all um, those outcomes comes with actions. We've got eight actions. I could touch on a few right now. Um, if you look at, our listening sessions um that we have created um which allowed you know employees and leadership to create like a feedback loop um so you go on a call with our leadership team and they let you speak about different topics they want you to share your thoughts and feedbacks and i think that's very key that's what's been driving those change um because our employees are resting their voices on different topics our leadership takes this into our accounts and then do the actions behind that um and we have uh, employee storytelling um which you know is pretty much fostering vulnerability and empathy across the globe doesn't matter where you are who you are you know you can be in the uk log into the platform and you can see a story from one of your colleagues in APAC about you know they journey into tech or they struggle growing up it could be anything and that is so powerful and we're so proud of this of this process i mean Stories that are met are unbelievable, and that's just making us closer already. So, um, that's one thing that we're very proud of. And I think the next thing that I can touch on is our ERGs, so Employee Resource Groups, uh, which are, you know, we have seven of them in different communities. We're um, th- really, really the key of what we do, we're the baseline in terms of resources, education, collaboration, networking inside and out of the organization. Um, so yeah, th- those three areas for me are top of mind when we do um, planning and so on, and we got more more uh, into that. But yeah, I think those are the three that I like to highlight um for this, this discussion.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I mean, those three for me are really key key approaches. I think is the listening piece um, because you want to whilst you've got your idea of okay this is what needs to happen in order for us to have an inclusive uh, work culture here um, and in order for us to kind of diversify our workforce but you want to make sure that you're hearing from those people that are actually going to be impacted by anything that you put in place right you want to hear from them like how do they feel that the working culture currently is now like what do they think is missing um as a better starting point rather than you just rushing to just starting something, which we do say. I feel like it's important that you do take some action, but it's important that you first establish where your gaps are, right? Um, And the other key aspect that you mentioned is about storytelling. Um, I'm a huge advocate. For the power of storytelling, like I mean, it's so I feel like it's so so powerful. It's unbelievable, um, because it's a, a way to really connect with other people with others on a human level, mm-hmm. and you'll always find someone can tell a story, and in that you can, you're pretty much going to be able to find at least one or two things that that you can resonate with, right? Because we're multifaceted yeah. people, like we've got so many different dimensions to us.
1: Yeah and and i i do think that you know people tend to connect when there's a sense of how you make them feel and what a better way to show a story that's personal to you that you can't put a facade on you can't you you can't lie about it and i think that's what's important when you you know put your guard down and you start telling your story and the impact they had in your life people have different views i mean and I keep, you know, I'm very un- advocate for people to share. Don't be don't be shy. Be true to yourself and share your story because somebody in a room either experienced the same thing as you did or had no idea. Mm. You, you, you're doing an amazing impact on, on that person or that group.
0: Yeah. I literally, I posted um, actually a comment from a quote from Maya Angelou the other day on my LinkedIn. And it basically was, her quote was saying that, people may forget what you say, they may forget what you do, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And I felt like it was such a powerful quote um, and it just resonated so much. So for the work that we're currently doing with DEI is that it is whilst yes, we need to make sure we've got the practicalities and the actions and all that sort of stuff is put in place. But the other side of it is the human side and it's how you're making people feel is what is really going to be the sticking point, I think, for change. Yeah.
1: I, I agree. And it, it. I think, you know, everything that we do is a people effort. It's not my effort. I, you know, it's, it's everybody's effort. <laughs> if you want a better world, a better place, we have to all chip in. Um, and it's about respect, curiosity, you know, be curious. If you've got a coworker or friend who is sitting next to you, you know, ask, ask questions. I think this is sometimes. The struggle is people don't want to ask questions because they fear that it's the wrong question to ask or you know it's inappropriate or it's out of context or whatever it is and i think we get to that point where first of all workplace is no longer you know you're doing a nine, nine to five and you go home and this is it it's becoming very into connection with your, your your life, personal life, new friends. Yeah, I so mean, so.
0: like, how we spend how many hours of our daily lives <laughs> at work. <laughs> so there's definitely going to be a crossover, 100. Yeah. Um. So from your experience, what do you think? Di leaders aren't talking enough about when it comes to di. I
1: think you touched on it um, just just now. Uh... Around intersectionalities of identities, like different dimensions. Um, you know, I think we took and discussed a lot about the DNI fo- space focus on similar identity, you know, gender, race, and sexual orientation, but sometimes we forget that one person can have multiple dimensions to them. And um we, yeah, we I think it's it is a very tricky subject. Um, you know, it, we see it when it comes down to women, you know, it's, it's very different to be a white woman and to be a black woman. It's very different to be white and gay and, and black and gay. It's how we we approach that um and I I really want to to dive into this at as, as some point in my career. I'm, I'm still very early on, but I I want to learn from others what they've been seeing in that space because, and plus the Gen Z is coming for us. And the, the, those guys are full of that. with the dimension of identities um, and so on. So I think it's very key for us in the workplace and personal life to really understand when they come on board and into the workplace to how we can support them. Um, and, I, and sometimes we 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 don't understand that. You know, sometimes people don't understand the differences. And we do have different challenges different on on, on different people based on the multi dimension of who they are. and um, so I think yeah, that that's something that I like to hear more about mm. um,
0: yeah, definitely. And so what do you think the impact of of speaking on intersectionality a little bit more is gonna have?
1: I guess it it will foster foster like an awareness, like empathy. Uh, within those organisations to be more inclusive. It could change policies, practices, and the way we create initiatives. It could change the whole aspect of the DNI structure. Because um, if we start focusing to those areas, we're missing out on people that are... You know, we talk about the ERG, for example. You, know, you have seven ERGs for those communities. What if somebody is across five of us? You know, I think this is how... Um we should that could change a lot of things in policies, practices, and initiatives that we are running for sure. Mm,
0: definitely. So um you touched on the some of the key areas that your organization is focusing on strategies for promoting DEI. What's one project that you're working on now or that you have recently completed that you are most excited about or most proud of?
1: Yeah, so um in UK we are launching our first um UK community impact projects. So we are sponsoring a STEAM, STEAM program, so science, technology, engineering, and maps program into a school um, near Hackney. Um, and on top of that, we're creating a cybersecurity curriculum and around eco-friendly recycling uh, models and so on. So we're very proud of this. Um, they're doing amazing in terms of you know educating their, their students and, and children we we aim to target um the 7 to 11 years old because sometimes again we want to target older kids um and we thought let's let's see how it goes in terms of diving into um you know cyber bullying password sharings you know privacy because i think th- th- those kids are 11 and, and i know they have phones and they go on and whatsapp yeah and it makes
0: total sense like i feel like we need to we need to start as 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 young as we can in order and and trying to teach and educate our children on cybersecurity because yeah i feel like that it's they're getting younger and younger um mm-hmm. getting into tech and having mobile phones social media um i mean mm-hmm. the something that me and my husband have discussed is, is that we do very much want to try and delay that as much as possible with our daughter um but again it's it's all dependent on other people's family preferences but i think the educational piece on cyber security cyber bullying is so so important Um, so that sounds fantastic that you guys um have implemented something like this and what has been what's been a challenge in in setting it all up so I, I can only imagine it's it's a lot of work so you probably did face a few hiccups tell us a little bit more about those
1: Yes, yeah, so it is a lot of work. And I think when you have a vision to do something, but when you haven't worked with, with children or with a school before, yeah, you know I, mean? I went all out and I feel like we have to strip it down. <laughs> um, so it's understand, you know, the, the, the school requirements, what the support they need. Um, but overall, it's been, a, it's been it's because we've been working on this for the past year, so it's been a long journey. Um, it yeah that was the main I think I didn't think of a few bits like simple things like pictures or animated pictures on the slide deck that we should you know we should look at in more details Um, and the modules you know they can't be too long because the children and you know if you spend 45 minutes on one topic they might be out of their head and start to be a bit agitated and so on so those type of things i did not realize Mm. i'm not a dad yet so i didn't even yeah i didn't yeah but i mean
0: even even without being i think even without putting like whether you have children in your life or not and whether you are a parent or not i think it goes to that neurodiversity aspect which um probably is an area that isn't i find isn't probably talked about as much and it's something that i haven't really delved as much as deeper into it um with some of the guests on my show as i have uh, other areas but um yeah in you speaking about adapting the way in which you are presenting the learning presenting this and, and educating these kids it just goes to show a little bit more on that neurodiversity aspect and that people learn in different ways and even with younger children, we do need to be mindful that we're able to adapt so that they'll be able to easily pick that up. Um, yeah. And even as we grow older, that changes. Like, there are some situations where, for me, I take on information a lot easier if it is visual. I'm, I'm very much more of a visual person. Um, whereas other people like to read. So it's it's finding that balance, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it was a mix of things, ideas. I wanted to do videos and games and... You know, not spend too much times in presenting, because uh, the point was for them to to learn something. And I think if you spend an hour with a child or I mean, adults, to be honest, in a yeah, meeting, just
0: talking. <laughs> yeah, just talking, yeah, just
1: talking, that won't work. But um, so yeah, that was you know finding the right balance to support the school and and, and the children. So um, so yeah, but we did it it worked out
0: fantastic yeah i'm so excited for you it sounds like an amazing project and so how are you going to be have you thought about how you're going to be measuring the success of this
1: so yeah so first of all this is not only like a a year project for us it's like a a long-term project like five six years i think if you can replicate that program to different schools i'm happy to, to go ahead and do it so i think the main key for us is to track the school satisfactions how we are delivering those, the enthusiasm of our volunteers from, from our workplace. Um, can, do we need to review the program? You know, because maybe yes, something will change, requirement will change, and so on. So make sure that we keep up to, to speed on the program and then the employee engagement. You know, I first send out the email saying I need 23 volunteers, and within the, the first five minutes, I had 15. So, oh, you know, things like that. And then also, feedback from the employees. What are you taking from when when you go there and you come back home? What was the you feeling, and um, do you want to keep doing that? You know, there's things like that that we need to to make sure we consolidate and that would create a pool of feedback that we can just really work on and change. It might be like oh, employees think it was you know not very organized, you know, the, the, too many kids in one group, maybe yeah. you know. I think we need to make sure we support both sides. So yeah,
0: I think it's important to get feedback from not only the the school, the students, but also your employees that are but uh, participating in it and that volunteering to participate um, because no doubt they'll have their own takeaways um, and how it's impacted them personally as well. Um, that's, that's the other side of, of doing these sorts of projects and initiatives. It, it's not only kind of ensuring that you're future-proofing your pipeline and just creating a better world um it's also allowing your employees to have a new experience and um, that potentially could be beneficial for them in the long run as well
1: exactly and i know some of our employees have children and mm. i can imagine you know delivering a model about passport sharing or online communities versus like real life communities you can go back home and just share that with your children and that's something that you can take away straight away, you know, and have open discussions about you know what's going on, on your phone on, on your social media and, and so on. And I think that that for me it will be a win if you know employees go out of their way and be like, actually let's talk about this at home. Mm. Let's let's go that, you know, you know, on time on the weekend. I think that, that would be amazing.
0: Yeah, it would be like a nice little ripple effect. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. Um so Dylan, I'm really enjoying our conversation. Uh, just before you do leave us, there's a few bits that I want to pull out from you. <laughs> so with all the work that you've been doing in the DEI space, can you share any external resources or um, partnerships that, that you've been able to work on that have really helped in you being able to succeed in the goals that you've set for DEI?
1: Um, yeah, so I think the first one would be the great place to work for all organization. So we are on the list. And I think going to the summits and learning from, you know, they've been working with hundreds and thousands of organizations across the globe to, to support them. And I think they delivering the right tool sets um uh, networking space for us, for us all to make Worldwide WordPress to work globally. Um, so I think you know they have amazing newsletters you can go on the website you can check them out what they're doing what is the trend and um, so I think those have been that, that, that organization have been you know um quite important for us um globally I'll I say and then a recent one for us especially in UK this one it is the UK black business show slash week um the CEO raphael and and the CEO michael um amazing amazing people and they are driven for us to, you know, think about diverse talent, allyship. You know, what what is allyship? You know, a couple of weeks, couple of weeks ago, we have done an allyship workshop with, with those two uh, for our management team. And it was just amazing to just be able to have a safe space where you can discuss your power, what we say about, you know, um, inclusivity and equity and so on. So that was um, quite powerful. So, yeah, just increasing your brand awareness within the Black community. Um it, it for, for us, it is key to make sure that all communities know who we are and that we are looking for talent, you know, we are not um, waiting, we, we want talent, so we need to go and fish them. Um so, yeah, th- that is the two main organizations I can think of that really support our, our drive and then I guess co sharing the learnings. I'm very lucky that I work with so many organizations and. Um, like Cisco, Dell, and so and so on, massive organizations that you know, we can co-share learnings, we can create events together, uh, we can exchange together. And I think that is what I've I've learned so far is co-sharing learnings from others it is so crucial because they, you know, if I look at it, Dell, for example, they've been in business for years. They've been doing this. Same for Cisco, they've done things that work for them, they've done things that didn't work for them. And I think for us knowing that they try those things. And it's important and everybody should be co-sharing learning at this point. This is DNI space. This is for people. It's not about money uh, or revenue. It's about the people. And I think that's why I'm learning um, as we go is like, people want to share, they want to teach, they want to let you know what they're doing. So it is amazing to see how much people care and are passionate about it. So, yeah.
0: No, I agree. I think collaboration and partnership through with, other companies that are not only within your industry, but your goals are aligned um, is is always gonna be a good thing, I think, um, because that's the way that you're able to advance a lot quicker because then they can tell you some of the things that they've done that actually, you know what, we did this, it didn't work really well. We think you should probably, you might want to try something like this. This is what we've learned from doing this um, and vice versa, right? Yeah. so it's 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 a two-way relationship it's not just one-sided i think that's one important thing as well to 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 note when it comes to collaboration it is both it's both people it's everybody really chipping in and getting value from from those collaborations um so just before you do go off dylan um could you give one piece of parting advice to the aspiring dei leaders out there because i know you you're, you're um, at the beginning of your journey, as you just said with DEI, you're you're well cemented. You're doing fantastic work. So I'd love to hear a piece of advice for you, to, out to any of those other leaders that are looking to get involved.
1: Yeah, um, I think being committed to learn um, has been, you, you you, yeah, learning has been has been impressive for me for the past two years. Um, so learning and self reflection, you know, from what you you've been doing. Because sometimes you, you do things and you don't realize the impact that it will have on people and on you um, so i think self-reflection is is key and keep, keep yourself up to date um, you know it's always evolving new trends new markets i know for us the uk us you know the asian market is very different uh, each region is very different so make sure that you understand that um, and yeah i just search research about best practices imagine trends as i said um, and don't underestimate the power of active listening when you speak to diverse groups. And that's what I've I've learned so far is listen to understand has been the, a, a, a key player. I mean, I'm you know I know sometimes it's very hard. People want to listen to reply very quickly. Um, and now I get to my space where I want to listen to understand so I can better support you and create real connections. Um, so yeah, that's my main takeaway. Like listen to understand. Um, and then you become more clearer straight away when you understand where the person comes from, their stories and so on. So so yeah. That's oh,
0: fantastic. Takeaway. Thank you so much, Dylan. That's an amazing advice there. Um, so for anyone who is listening and if they want to connect with you, how best can they do that?
1: LinkedIn, social media. Yeah, just hit the button follow, come and DM me. Um, I love to call sharing learnings, as I said like I love discuss- discussions like this so please do reach out always happy to engage in further discussions Um so yeah LinkedIn is where I am
0: I will be um putting a link down below to your profile so anyone who does want to connect with you they can do that through there um once again Dylan thank you so much for having a chat with me today I've really enjoyed it I hope you have too and I wish you all the best in the future
1: thank you so much Stasha. that was great loved it